Welcome to Writer's Block Podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Havlin. Tonight's episode brought to you by The Nickel, the unsung hero of Loose Change. My guest is Damian Fahey, who for seven years hosted MTV's flagship show, TRL, before dumping it all to chase the pinnacle of the Hollywood hierarchy, television comedy writer. And now he's happily employed at the joke machine that is Family Guy on Fox. How do you get a job like that? Well, it's different for everybody, but one way, as we've discussed on this show many times now, is to put yourself out there on Twitter and then just sit back and wait for the offers to roll in. Yeah, and so I I was doing radio and I was tweeting and I had gotten this really great following because Seth McFarland started following me on Twitter and retweeting me and giving me follow Fridays and this and that. Uh, And I said, okay, well, whatever, you know, Twitter's fun and I enjoy the retweets and that's about probably as far as it'll go. And then my manager called me one day and said, I have some really kind of bizarre news, but really great news. Um, And it is that Seth MacFarlane wants you to to write for him for the next season of of, of Family Guy. Hashtag you're hired. To be fair, there are some details to that story I may have left out of that cleverly edited clip, but that's why we're all here, isn't it? To hear the rest. So let's get on with it. This is episode 37. My guest is Damian Fahey. I'm J.R. Havlin. You're part of the writer's block now. Good choice. So now we will, uh, uh, I think I'm going to start. Okay. I'm, That'd be I'm a good, feeling it. I'm yeah. feeling it. I'm, is that going to be all right with you? I think it's good to start the podcast before we end it yeah well that'll lead to the end yeah yeah exactly it's the beginning of the end yeah <laughs> it's just one month huh really yeah yeah it feels like it, <laughs> it feels, feels like, like several year. years yeah i'm jr havlin welcome everybody we're uh on writer's black my guest is uh damien fahey did i get it right that's right absolutely yeah, yeah. that's always a good clue right out of the gate like did i get your name right yeah my old friend <laughs> right it's just your name. It's F A. It's, it's tricky. The last yeah, name is, is especially a, tricky. Yeah. You must have got a lot in school of people like yeah. getting it oh, wrong God. entirely. Well, yeah. Also, the Fahey thing also sounds like a uh, your li- homophobic slur. Yeah, right, right. So right. I've gotten that. So uh, Damien is a, a writer. Well, you probably know him uh, from uh, a number of things, including seven years as the host of TRL. Seven years. Carson, who? That's don't what even I'm know saying. Him. Don't That's even I'm know. Saying, him. Looking across at you, <laughs> Johnny Carson. Carson, who? Johnny Carson, who? <laughs> yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that. And now, uh, your very first actual staff writing gig on an extremely successful, long-running show, yeah. Family Guy, which yeah. seems like uh, a unique form of writing as well. And I want to get into that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Which we will get into later. I like to tease the kids. Great, because they're all kids. Yeah, no, all these kids listening. We're taping, by the way. In uh, uh, lovely Los Angeles, I thought I was in Glendale, but I'm not. But I still don't know what Glendale is. I all I know is what Los Angeles um, near Glendale is, and it's uh, um, it's a. It, I think it's, it's a nice area. I, I had a good taco. The, the I'm gonna say, there. I'm gonna nice say this. I had a good taco. Well, you can have a good taco pretty much anywhere here in LA for a dollar thirty-seven. That's a, a very taco. good price. When's the last time you waited in line? Me? Yeah. I don't. I, I mean, really, outside of like a ski resort. Or I something. really hate waiting in lines. But um, what would what, what what's the last thing you waited in line for? I think it was probably to see. Um, I'm a big Lindsey Buckingham fan, and I waited in line <laughs> to have good seats at a. That was my general guess. admission. That was it my was, second. What guess. was the first one? Mick Fleetwood. Fleetwood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Just a Mick Fleetwood jump drum solo. Yeah, right, drummer. Right. Drummers. Yeah. All right, we gotta have a drum off on the uh, on the on the poker table here, with Uh-oh. our mics pointing down later. What mm. do you think? Do a little I bit like of that skiddly scat. I like that. Actually, one of my favorite parts of your podcast is is the the theme songs. It's so funky. Yeah, I like Pete in the Miser. car whenever I play it. I I'm like tapping on the. The song is called "She a Hippie." It's like the meters almost. It's very yeah like, yeah yeah. You know, and it's a and it was a four piece band. So he's usually like he's a DJ and electronic oh, okay. guy. Yeah, but he just did this with like a drummer, guitar, bass, and and it's great. And him and and uh, um. And the, on his website, it's really wild. On his website, he has the song, the um, the instrumental, but then also his isolated vocal 
Oh, that's cool. And I was like, why did you do that? It sounds so weird because, like, have you ever heard the David Lee Roth isolated vocal of, you know, oh like, Running God, with the it's Devil? It's one of the greatest things ever. It made me a bigger fan. I mean, I, I was yeah! Van Halen was at the first concert I ever went to. Oh, really? That was the, that was the first it one? It was not the first concert. Oh, it was they, an Aerosmith concert. Did they open for them? No, it was, I'll tell you, you'll freak out. It was, uh, um, this was in 78. Uh-huh. The opening act. Uh-huh. was ACDC. Oh, my God. With Bon Scott. Wow. So, And we knew ACDC, so we were way into that. Second act was Pat Travers' band. Yeah. You know Pat Travers, mm-hmm. guitar legend from yep. California Guitar Legend. We were into him. We had his, like, boom, boom, I'll go to the lights, all this shit. He was fucking oh great. Wow. And his drummer was Tommy Aldridge, who's my all-time Oh, he's boy. great. Yeah, Aldridge. I, yeah, he's amazing. Here, you'll love fro. this. You'll love this. We'll talk about writing later. No one's going to be listening to no, that. Everyone, no, everyone's no. checked out. We no, start talking about that. Tommy Aldridge. No, this is good. We, <laughs> <laughs> we got to get into Aldridge. All right, all right. Maybe I can cut it out. All right. Who the hell cares? Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll put a little extra time on this, but sure. we should talk about it anyway okay there's a great video of white snake it's the it's an interview with david coverdale uh, and uh, and he's just <laughs> like sitting back in this chair with these gloves on and he's just the biggest douchebag in yeah, the world of course. he's talking about how great the band is of course we've got richie vi on guitar and he's just just vicious, vicious you know and all yeah, this shit of course and he gets to tommy aldridge he says and then of course backing it all up tommy aldridge on drums he's a thunderous octopus oh my god how high do you have to be to come up with that <laughs> string those two thunderous words together octopus so anyway uh let's uh, uh where were we i don't even know where we were, where we were i were, don't even remember no that i think that was fun though I, yeah i, I like that little tangent little yeah music tangent um we were talking before we got started about just the uh you're getting started you were like actually were a dj in high school at a place yeah. that you kind of weaseled your way into and then, yeah uh, um and then ended up doing more of that but from there ended up somehow uh somebody you were working with as a uh as least at least part-time dj mm-hmm. thought of you for the trl they or did you did, yeah. did you know that they no were, i didn't i you didn't know what the audition all was i knew for. was an mtv casting search and i just assumed at that point it was for a reality show or for, or something. for an on-air dj or something maybe. i didn't, I didn't, they didn't really have that vj going on they at that did point. they did but I, for some reason i just i i didn't cross my mind that it would be to uh for a vj position it was just, I first, in my mind it was just i don't want to be a douchey reality show person, so I'm not going to try out. And then they said, well, it is. It's for a VJ position. And uh, and then I said, okay, well, I'm going to reconsider. I still love radio. I think I want to stay with radio. And then uh, one of the uh, promotions ladies uh, there said, you have to do it. You just have to at least try it. And so... I, Why were they pegging you to do this? Like, because I, I, they, she just thought I looked like I belonged so on MTV. Is that what it was? It was I, I guess it's because I'm extremely handsome. But it's no, get I get that face on television. I had this like old lady, terrible like, early two thousands, like spiky hair, and you know, I, wanna, I got to look up some pictures. You got to send me. Some. Oh, they're that's highly we'll, embarrassing. That's a, we'll use that for the website. Yeah, please do. Um, and as you remember him, yeah, right. <laughs> That, and that's like that's how I'll always be remembered, I guess. You know, you, okay, I'm gonna try to run from it as much as I can. You still have I'll time. Always, you still have time to make another mark. Man. Still time, to get I another guess. haircut. That's true. Um, but yeah, and, and and I said, okay, I'll do it. And so I, I remember the morning of the audition. I sort of half-assed it. I mean, I knew I had to write a couple video intros. So uh, all throughout my history class, I was just sort of sitting in the back row writing video intros for a couple of songs. And then I skipped one of my math classes and I went to the radio station and I auditioned in the basement of the station and like, what is this on video? Yeah, it was, uh, it was two casting people and oh, they uh, actually uh, came video. up to see you there. Yeah. And a video, really? well, they, they were auditioning in Boston. There was a casting oh, okay. call in Boston, <clears throat> excuse me. And they, um, they came to the station and they said, any DJs that you think would be great on television, we'd love to put them in front of a camera and see how they do. Wow. And so I did it. And like right from the get go, I was like, this is so much fun. I, I want to do this. I like I just was like, I don't want to do radio anymore. I want to be I want to do this, whatever this is. I mean, because were you essentially doing radio in front of a camera? Kind I mean, of, basically. Yeah. yeah. For that audition, at least. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I got another, you know, I, I, I did it and I was like, this is amazing. And I, I felt a great vibe with the casting people. And I thought this might actually be something. So I pestered for the next like month every week i would pester and send an email to the mtv casting lady at the time and i said what's going on i like are there, that. Are there any I, I updates like that, that, that that's somehow a, a 
a positive thing. I'm not, I don't know if you should normally do that. No, you should never <laughs> do that. And looking back, it's <laughs> looking back. I don't know how I got the job. Like, right. That's just one of the little like factors that like, yeah, it's usually like after thing. that second or third, particularly third call they're like um yes, yeah no. I, oh i have your resume right here we'll give you a call yeah and just, mm, into a shredder, shredder, yeah <laughs> um and yeah so i was i i, I don't know i was sort of tenacious about it because i really wanted it and so about a month later i had to i did not sign up for classes next semester because i, I just loved radio and school it's sort of my just appeasing my parents who really wanted me plan. to go to college yeah my school, school was my backup plan, plan. And so I had to, it was the day I had to break the news to my parents that I was not going, I did not sign up for classes. And so I, that was the day I got the phone call from MTV saying, hey, we want to fly you out to audition uh, in Times Square for this VJ job. And so I called my parents and I said, I've got good news and I've got bad news. And they said, give us the bad news first. And I said, I didn't sign up for classes. I'm not going to be and like, what? You have to figure something out. This is incredible. School's the most important thing in the world, Damien. And I, they, I was like, fine, you want to hear the good news? And I said, the good news is I got a call back for MTV and they're flying me to New York next week for an audition. Oh my God, this is amazing. This is the most important thing in your life. You need to do this. Forget school. This is amazing. This is oh, great. Oh, wow. So yeah. it was a totally fickle parent. Yeah, very fickle. And so I did that and I, I flew out to New York and I auditioned. And then I think it was about two more auditions later that they, they called me and they said, we'd like to bring you for a little test run this summer. Um, to uh, as a VJ to be on the channel, and then after the summer, we're gonna you'd be presented with a contract based on whether based on how you did those three months, and and then Jesus. I got a contract, and it was sort of a seven years, you know, from there. It I wasn't just, a seven year contract. No, it was it was a it was <laughs> so a, a it was a three like, year deal, and then it was another three year deal, and then they just to the do extra. whatever, just to do random stuff, or was that for TRL? I mean, it was for it was for TRL, and oh. also like you know those contracts were sort of like you just whenever we call you, you work for us and you do whatever we want you to do yeah right. yeah yeah but i before the first thing i was weird because the first thing i did when i got the job like the, the people i hung out with were writers like i just instantly bonded with with the writers with there. the writing staff yeah right? like yeah, at yeah. parties so i'd go and i'd hang out and i just for some reason gravitated towards the writers uh -huh. i always enjoyed them and so i would in the morning you know i'd come in for the morning meeting like around 10 a.m and uh you know, from 10 to 11, we'd have our morning meeting and then I'd have all this time to kill from like 11 to, to three o'clock for when the show aired. And I would just sort of, instead of hanging out in my office by myself, I'd hang out with the writers. And before you knew it, they're like, you should just start writing some pitching some bits. And so I'd write bits and pitch. And then eventually I got hired as a writer on the show. And so I was pitching. Sort so of, you were a writer and host. Writer and host. Yeah. And so huh. I was doing that for a while. And then, um, and then another writer there, this guy Joel, and I became obsessed with The Late Late Show uh, with Craig Kilborn. We just thought it was such a fun show, and we kind of liked it because no one else, we didn't know anyone else who liked it. And we were like, this is like... <laughs> you felt bad for it. We were like, this is this is really like, he's being like, kind of a, a it's funny, like these guys is a total like pompous dude hosting the show, and I love it. Like, I love that shtick. It's really funny. And Had you seen him on The Daily Show? Yeah, yeah. And I thought he was great on The Daily Show, too. I just really liked his, his on-air persona i thought it was really kind of ridiculous um it was his persona it, i know i know <laughs> pretty, pretty close but yeah. i i was like i liked him i had yeah. I, I you know uh I, and i don't say that I, that's funny i said that with a tone like i liked him <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah so you so you were fascinated with Kilborn, which yeah and takes also i was into, fascinated uh, with 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 were um, you thinking the about writers on the show him at that point no no I, but <laughs> no. but there were two writers there, there was this there was this bit that he did which was called um what up it's like all right it's time for what up and what he do is it was like a brady bunch sort of a thing on the screen except with four boxes Kilborn in one box like a, a we just a you know sort of a B list celebrity in like another box and then uh, one of the writers Goldie and another writer Mike Gibbons uh, in in the bottom boxes and Kilborn would say um, all right it's time for what up uh, tapioca pudding uh, Goldie what up and he'd go I love tapioca but they'd have to have like almost like an argument like why I love tapioca pudding and then Mike Gibbons the other writer would be like ah uh, he doesn't know about anything about tapioca but tapioca pudding's terrible let me tell you something and then the 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 celebrity would have had written pre-written lines too of like this ridiculous argument about like just inane stupid bullshit about tapioca about pudding. tapioca pudding things like tapioca pudding and uh and I said I really like that that writer Goldie is so hilarious. And so one day before TRL, 
there's always sort of downtime to kill. Um, Joel and I cold called Goldie at the Late Late Show, and uh, and I said uh, we said hey yeah uh, we'd like we just put us through to Goldie please at uh, Late Late Show, and they did, and we got on the phone with them. And he thought it was a big joke, you know. You like, hello. Yeah, the and, the and, writers on late night shows don't don't have security teams they don't surrounding have fans. them. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. You can get a hold of them. Yeah, right. Yeah, they they might even pick up their phone themselves. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so uh, we sort of t- I started talking with him. We were just like, hey, we're just I host TRL. I'm a big fan of yours, and this and that. And I forget what followed after that, but we sort of became friends, and we started you know talking back and forth and stuff. And I was asking about comedy and writing and this and that. And he said, if you want, you can start writing some some monologue jokes, you know, submitting freelance. And so then this is while you're hosting TRL. Yeah. And That's so fucking hilarious. And so I was like writing with with my buddy Joel. And, and you're submitting you're getting on the lawn. You're submitting monologue jokes to, to Kilborn. Could Kilborn and while I you're just remember TRL. just I remember like one of the wow. greatest feelings was like watching one night and you hear the setup and you're like yeah gonna be mine it's gonna be mine. and then it is and i'm like yeah. holy shit and i rewound it and I, I watched it over and over i was like this is one of the best feelings in the world is hearing something that you thought up in your head be, being said through another person on yeah television. when you get that first monologue joke on tv and the second best feeling is is having that 50 dollar check rolling. oh yeah right yeah, yeah. Bring tell it you, home. don't spend it all in one place do yeah. not yeah all right listen we'll we'll be right back and talk more about this awesome. and get into uh uh, uh, a little bit more of your road to Family Guy, and then we'll talk about Family Guy, which yeah, I am very interested to. in talking about. Me too. Sure. All sure. right, we'll be right back. I'm J.R. Helm. This is Writer's Block. I'm with my guest, Damian Fahey. The guy is hosting a hugely popular national television show and yet taking the time to randomly submit monologue jokes to Craig Kilborn. That's, that's what you're up against, blockheads. No rest for the weary. You all better get to work. You know, as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, obviously. But then get to work. All right, we're back with Damian Fahey, writer for Family Guy. That's on Fox Sundays at 9. It is, yeah. All right, viewership, get ready for the bump. Please watch. Watch the show. It's a highly touted writer's block bump. That's right. You'll notice. It's going to be a little extra something in your residual check. (laughs) Yeah. We were talking about you uh, sending in monologue jokes for Kilborn, mm-hmm. and um, you started. You wrote monologue jokes for other people as well, or for other things. Uh, not, not, but no. Back then, it was just sort of writing for for these monologue jokes for Kilborn, and then hoping they would get on. But then you're still on TRL, you're and then I'm on TRL years, for a while, and, and then, then all of a sudden, away. yeah, all of a sudden, well, all of a sudden, the 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 TR the I'm writing these jokes, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, Kilborn quits the show. Yeah, right. And there's this massive oh, okay. search. Yeah, yeah, this is good. Massive sorry, search yeah. for like like David Duchovny did it, Drew Carey, Adam Carolla. They like just had all of these um, people come in, men, women, uh, everybody just came in and 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 did a night or did a couple nights based on like their level of fame. Um, oh, that's right, because they were airing all these episodes. They were too, airing. Right? It was like a it live tryout. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it was so crazy to watch and. Um, and I remember I got a phone call from from Mike Gibbons, the head writer there, and he left me a voicemail saying uh, we had discussed me doing it. And I said, you know, he asked if I'd be interested in it. And I said, absolutely. Put my name in the in the hat or in the ring. I'd love to 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 try it. And the other guy's still writing it. And I go, there's no chance I'm going to be able to do this. There's mm-hmm. no way they would pick me. You know, they got like Jason Alexander hosting and all these people. And so uh, and so th- I be- what I think happened was that someone said I can't I've got sick and I they, they needed someone to fill in and so Mike Gibbons and Goldie pitched me to the showrunner there and he said okay we'll give him a night and so they flew me out to LA with uh, uh a couple writing business bu- class writing buddies business class which I loved it was really great yeah, it was business. yeah it, it <laughs> was ahead. business class it's right. CBS so you know back then <laughs> um and so we just went out and I it was just like fucking awesome it was from start to finish like the second i landed you know getting picked up in you a, just did in a car. one night for this i did one. one night but i was there 8 a.m at the or 9 a.m with the writers you know in the mo- i wanted to see how everything worked and right. i was a sort of fly on the wall and i had brought a couple bits in that i pitched that they really liked so we ended up using a couple of them like uh desk pieces and um seriously doing all the were, were all the new hosts doing new bits I mean, like it depends some they, of them probably didn't bring stuff in. no like no that. i think a lot of people just sort of let the writers, you know, they 
let the writers say, you know, oh, we got that, that, this desk piece, you know, whatever. Well, well, I bet we'll that just worked to your this. advantage in the end, most likely. You know, in, it, it in at least did. being one of the one of the finalists. It did, yeah, and I learned that later on, actually. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, and so that night was just awesome. I had I went in going, I'm never going to get this. I'm just, I just let me just enjoy this, and do it for just the joy of of doing it. Yeah, that's like sex for me. Same is that thing. like sex? Same for thing. You? That's how yeah. I approach it. You're a married guy. It's still same. Very, okay. Same. Like, okay. Yeah, this is never going to happen again. Let right. me just enjoy it now. Right, right. Yeah, more so oh. now. Oh. Yeah. Lucky guy. Hi, honey. Yeah, right. All right, go ahead. Um, and so, yeah, so I just had the, the best time. It was so fun. And afterwards, a couple of writers came up to me and said, that was really good. They were like, that was a very good show. And, uh, and the next day, I got a couple of phone calls saying, people around the office are talking about how, how well you did. That was really, just, you know, were ratings going up and down too? I don't know. I'm not sure about ratings. I don't know how much they were. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about ratings. All I knew is that the internal was very good on like me hosting it. And I'm like, oh, that, that's awesome. That's, that's great. Great. And then a couple of weeks passed and I was back in New York getting ready for TRL uh, in my dressing room. My phone rang and I didn't recognize the number. It was a New York number. And I picked up and it was Rob Burnett who runs Worldwide Pants which is David Letterman's company, wow. which run, wow. which owns that yeah, hour. Right, right. And he said, hey, uh, I just want to let you know. own that hour. Yeah. Like, they, it's, it's so ominous. It's so sounding. weird, right? Yeah. That's yeah. really terrible. Go ahead. Um, and so he uh, he said, hey, listen, I just want to let you know, um, uh, Dave saw your tape and he was really impressed and he really liked what he saw. Uh, in particular, he really liked uh, Are They Elderly based on their shoes, which is a desk piece that I thought up, which was... Um, oh, that's funny, yeah. You, you just take a shot of someone's shoes, yeah. pause, have a guest <laughs> guess right. whether they're elderly based on the shoes, and it's then you funny. pan up and reveal. And uh, so Dave liked for that. For a guest or a guest in the audience on top of that? I or, guess, uh, I guess or, like I had like... the guest. Oh, yeah, okay. like, you know, like one of the guests on the, on the in, in the chair. Ah, uh, that's great. That's funny. And so uh, he said, we'd love to bring you back the week of Thanksgiving to be one of the four guys to take over the show. And I, what? Why are you, you what? Dropped, you dropped your phone. I'm 24. I'm an what? idiot. Really? And I, why, yeah. Wow. It was awesome. It was great. And so I agreed, and obviously, and I said, thanks so much. This is amazing. I'd love to. Um, and I went out for the week of Thanksgiving, and I was then I was like, this could be something I think that maybe could happen. And my shows, I thought were good, but not as good and loose. I was way more in my head yeah, during yeah, that right, week. Right. Because um, you're thinking the other one's a one-off. Let's just have some fun. Exactly. It's not a thing. I'm just no like, stress. look at what a great time this is. But yeah. now you realize you're auditioning yeah. to actually do the show to freak it, you out. It's live or die. It's like, yeah, I'm not really. Are you still, submitting still hosting new, it? Are you the, submitting it, new stuff and trying to write your own jokes and stuff like that? Or are you at that time? No, I was uh, like, I, during, like now we're talking about being there for the whole week. Yeah. So what I wanted to talk to you about yeah. was like in that situation, suddenly you're in a situation where people are writing for you Yeah. and you're choosing things or yes. you're at least helping to choose them. Were yeah. you involved in that with the showrunner and with Mike? Yeah, I was. Okay. Um, I went in for all the writers in the morning, the writers meetings and everything. And I want to know what was going on. And then I would get all the monologue joke stacks. Writers would come basically with like two or three pages of jokes and they put them on my desk and just ridiculous. The, you know, these, these, so these you're choosing writers in their, in who were these professional writers right. in their, in their mid forties are like, walking into an office with like, like a 24 year old kid right. approving what, you know, yeah. have no perspective on what exactly a good joke is. It's a very small perspective. That's show business, baby. It's show business. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> but, um, that's it in a nutshell. That's it. No one knows what they're doing. We all have blindfolds on, but it's like, you know, I, I chose the best jokes that the jokes that made me laugh. I liked, and I tended to go for a little bit more snarky, at that point, it was mostly st- anything with the word poopy in it. Exactly, yeah. You know. Fart, you know. <laughs> yeah, so that was... That SpongeBob SquarePants jokes. I really like those back jokes, then. One of my jokes was... Uh, and I'm going to fuck this up. I forget exactly how it was worded, but it was like, I'm really excited to be here with you guys tonight because um, Santa promised me this job. Something like that, Like, because I was 24, and so they wrote yeah, like right. very like you know yeah. ridiculous jokes like that. Uh, but yeah, I did that for a week and I, I ended up not getting it. Um, but I was just, I was so happy to, to go through that experience yeah, right. and do it. And then, yeah. And it never hurts to be like, at least you were in, you know, those good graces of yeah. Burnett and, you know, yeah. and, and, and Letterman saw your work and right. he saw you working and yeah. like that. So, I mean, that's never, never a bad thing. Mm-mm. Plus you have that experience. Yeah, exactly. What happened to the TRL thing? Did you? Just drop oh yeah, it for yeah. A so week? so I yeah I went out. I took a week off and then I came back 
for uh, to TRL, and I found out I didn't get it, and I I was a little upset. You know, there was sort of like a mourning period of like, oh, I only have this other awesome job that I have to right. do. I have to go know? back to my other job yeah. that other people want, which is you know living in New York in your twenties and having the key to the city wherever you go, and so. Uh, so I had like a little bit of a pity party for myself, which was completely ridiculous looking back. Uh, Cause that's, I really loved, I was like, I'll easily give up my TRL job to host that show. It's so great. Um, but then I continued TRL for about, I don't know, maybe five more years or maybe, yeah, about five more years. Wow. And then it came to an end, you know, obviously, and it had its run and we did the final show and everything like that. And I was uh, living with my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, and she was she was living in LA and she moved out for the last year of TRL and that ended and she I'm like I want to get out of New York I don't want to you know my whole New York experience is defined by that show and that it ended and I said I want to move to LA with you because she loves LA and she was always like we got to go back to LA and so we did and uh, three months I got a major gig hosting a network show uh, network like reality competition show called I'm a celebrity get me out of here with Spencer and Heidi in the jungles of Costa Rica. So you Rica. were the host of that from the beginning. Yes, from okay. the be yeah. This was like the 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 um the second attempt to try to make it a successful show. There was also it was on ABC like four years prior. Okay, and it did one season. It didn't do anything. They're like, well, I think it's actually they tried to like restructure it, bring new people in, and they thought it'd be a big hit. And I did too. I was ready to be like, oh my god, three months in LA, and I got this amazing hosting job. This is my Seacrest path. I'm just yeah, going right. to make money and Everybody just buy it. a house and just, you know. And uh, and then it didn't come back. I got the call. And I said, well, what the fuck am I going to do now? I mean, you know. And, and then it was just dead silent career-wise for like a year and a half. You know, just completely quiet. A few auditions here and there. And I was sort of bored around the house, you know. And, and uh, I noticed... I got into Twitter and I noticed that a lot of my friends writing for, for Family Guy or for the Cleveland show at that time um, started to write jokes on Twitter. And I said, this is really cool. I'm going to, I'm going to give this a shot and give this a shot. Like <laughs> I'm just going to like, like there's an audition process for Twitter. Yeah. Well, if, if I take it very seriously. Uh -huh. So, uh, and I did back then. So I, I started writing jokes and for like a year and a half, it was just terrible. And then slowly and slowly and slowly got a little more better uh, or got better at it, and uh, and then sort of got retweets. From Do you all feel these like people. there's a uh, because I mean clearly like Twitter is kind of no joke when it comes to getting attention and even getting like you know as, as an avenue to a job. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, um, I had a guy on one of my guests a while ago is Mike Drucker, who's yeah. a writer. You know Mike, yeah, um, who also kind of got some attention on Twitter. Uh, that's I'm pretty sure that's how he got the you know his in yeah. yeah. And he said it was a very deliberate thing. Like for him, he was auditioning. He, he, he was auditioning. He oh, was wow. writing specific jokes so that if people went to his Twitter account, right, they were reading jokes that could be used on a certain show. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like he was not just wow. Doing that's random. really like I just do pretty random shit every once yeah, in me a too. while. My favorite thing on it is yeah. to um, is to do it live during like the Grammys or something. Oh, like that's that. the best. That's when it's the most That's fun. That's the best. Yeah. And uh, uh, but but I'll also just put random jokes. It's a little hard for us these days because I I, I can't really I can't put those jokes on there because it you know I, I'm I'm limited on what I can joke about because we might be doing it on the show and oh, so they just yeah. don't like us doing that and it makes sense and we can't be wasting our time doing that. Will too. you ever write a the, joke that doesn't make it on the show and put it on Twitter or can you do that? Rarely because because you know it's kind of the next day and it's old news. Okay. You know what I mean? Yep. That that happens to yep. us too where it's just like why are you joking about that? That was, you know, I mean on Twitter it's literally like that joke's like 2 hours old. Yeah, that I know. That topic it's was so weird, trending right? a minute and a half ago. What's with you? I've been critiqued for that. I've been like like, oh, really? You had 16 whole minutes to think of that. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm, that's how it works. I'm not just, you know. So, but that's, but it's an interesting thing. And, and I, I liked that idea of Drucker's, like, where he, yeah. where he understood that this is as much, and it, this is good advice for anybody who is on it and, uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, and is, and is, and is a wannabe comedy writer. Yes. And you're on that. Take it seriously because, oh, absolutely. because you're putting yourself out there and people can go back and look at it. I mean, yeah. I'm even conscious of it now mm -hmm. that like, although now I'm 
kind of dreading what might be on there for people to go look at. But if I put something on there that's intended to be funny, I, I, I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. But whether you like it or not, that's a writing, sim- it's a that's writing it. sample. It is. You're putting a writing sample out it there. Is. And if you're just going to put garbage on there, yeah. it's like misspelling the host's name or something. I, and, I mean, you yeah. got to be conscious of it. I, that's my thing was always like, I quality over quantity and not always. I mean, there's been tons of, of, of tweets that have died yeah. and I've deleted and whatnot, but I right, try yeah. not to do some on really good days. I'll have like five. But on, I try to get like at least one out a day, or I did, and I was like three is the goal. But I want them to be really good, like yeah, I, right. I, you know, because I see some people who are tweeting every hour, and it's like you just, you know, you're not getting yourself, you're spinning your wheels, you're not going anywhere. With well, and it depends on what you're doing. But like you know, for a lot of people, it is a comedy outlet, and for a yeah. lot of people, it's a thing to try to get attention. Yeah, and for those people out there for whom it is a thing to get, to get attention. attention then you need to know that if you're going to get attention, that's what they're going to be looking at. So you yeah. need to take it seriously yeah. and go back and look at it and delete the ones you don't like anymore yeah. because anybody that happens to look at it to get an idea of, hey, this guy's really funny. Right. You should check him out. Right. Oh, well, is he on Twitter? You know, a, right. a quick way to check out whether or not somebody's funny is to just go to their Twitter exactly. account. As opposed to calling their agent, getting a packet, yeah. having it sent over. That's yeah. right there. I mean, yeah. I can judge. I mean, sometimes when, like, somebody... Uh, I don't follow a ton of people uh-huh. because it just, you know, clouds it up. And but and sometimes I'll like in my decision to follow them or not, I'll go look at their account. And it's like if I don't laugh on that first page at least twice. Oh no, it's, I'm done. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, it's just like I'm not gonna. I'll go maybe five tweets. Yeah, and I'm like, it, you gotta. Or if every single one of their tweets starts with an at to somebody else, oh, I was God. like, I don't want to read no. your responses. No one should be talking on Twitter. Now. So the celebrity um, get me out of here goes away. How long ago was that? 2009. Yeah, 2009, I think. And then so, was it and what happened in between that and family a few guys? a few jobs here and there um and then if like a few writing jobs like a monologue joke writing job for this internet political comedy show and I wrote for that for a little bit. Um and then I got a job writing for some e-cards, which is that someecards.com, which like those they're on Facebook all the time, these little cards. Um, and so I did that and then I, I made like a resolution, a new year's resolution in like 2010 to write, like my, start my own like onion ish sort of a, Oh, the uh, Damien's Fahey Chronicles and sort of just writing onion stuff every day for one year. And so I did that. And, and then I took, um, this joke monologue, joke writing class at improv Olympic here at IOS in, uh, in Hollywood. It's an improv place, uh, with Doug, Doug Caro, who, who works at Conan, and he brought, you know, you go into this class and um, there were like eight people who came in, you know, with, with their computers and students. And we just sort of come in there and, and we you put the papers on the table. We just sort of pick up stories and write jokes on the spot. And then we'd have like Conan writers come in and other comedy writers come in and sort of read our jokes and, yeah, and tell us this and that. Yeah, so it was right. really fun. Um, and that sort of got me the courage to start like posting a lot of my uh, like monologue-ish sort of jokes to Twitter, which was really good. So I love that idea that like you had this, yeah, you know, I had a considerable amount of success. I mean, Tiro is a big show. Yeah. And, and then the idea of almost getting picked up and doing your whole week over at Kilbourne. Yeah. And then, you know, hosting this other thing that may or may not turn into a big thing. Right. Um, and then you're not doing anything and you kind of go almost a little bit back to square one. Yeah. Of, okay. Look, I'm just going to focus on being a writer, but you weren't afraid to go back and start in a relatively modest place. And, and I was and very that, afraid, but well, I, but, but I did it. Yeah. Right. I was super, <clears throat> you weren't was, feeling that great about it or something. I was but, scared to like, yeah, to right. put myself out there and to even just like taking improv when I, when I was out there. But that, what I'm saying is like, like you were willing to, and you weren't oh, like, yeah. I'm above this. Shit. No, like you had, you went to school. Yeah. And it was a regret when I, when I had the MTV job, I really wanted to do UCB in New York, but I felt oddly, I felt above it, but I also felt I didn't want to be the MTV guy in the class that yeah, everyone right. talks yeah, that about. You are behind. in a bit of a pigeonhole. There, yeah, right? and yeah. I'm like, uh, it's gonna be really tough. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, just the fear of failure was also like just you know infused yeah. in that whole process. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Oh, really? No. Um, and so I, yeah, I just sort of I, I I I had some money saved, and I said, what do I really just want to do that I wouldn't that like what that I wouldn't do. Typically. And that's when I became a dancer. And that's when I <laughs> began to speak through dance. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll uh, come back uh, right after this and, awesome. uh, and talk about uh, Family Guy. I'm J.R. Havlin. This is Writer's Block.
My guest is Damian Fahey, writer and drummer. Hey, you're in the writer's block. Well, yeah, we're going to choice. We're going <laughs> to. It's so good. I love it. Like I that. swear to God, I've, in my car, I've been like, <laughs> I love that. I made a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty proud of myself uh, for making a good choice. choice. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. got a good story this guy and keep in mind at that point in his life Damien was just 14 years old or something like that I don't know he was young but clearly he had talent and focus and he was modest and realistic with just the right amount of pride which for comedy writers is about three percent most of us are roughly three percent pride hey I've got an idea we should find out from Damien what it's like to work at Family Guy enough of the appetizers it's time for the main course And we're back. Oh, boy, are we back with Damien Fahey, uh, writer Ooh, for... that sounded exhaustive. Is that bad? I'm going to start again. <laughs> oh, boy. We are still let me, here. Let me, let me start. I'm going to start again and, and make it better. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, we got like 20 minutes left. Oh, He's putting an ice pack on his head right now. This is going to be, I'm not going to lie to you, it's going to be rough. <laughs> this is not going to be easy. Bad choice. <laughs> not so good choice. Yeah. <laughs> Questionable choice. Terribly. Hey, you're in, you're in act three of writer's block with my guest, Damien Fahey. <laughs> Terrible choice. Terrible choice. <laughs> uh, we uh, worked our way up to you, uh, Getting to uh, uh, Family Guy. Yeah. So let's talk about your road to that. Uh, I, I assume you've had to submit some things. Uh, yeah. Tell me about this. So I was uh, doing radio full time uh, for a couple of years out here. <clears throat> and uh, sorry. <laughs> You're talking about radio guy. and that's when your yeah, voice cracks. Right? Anyway, I was doing radio. Radio. You can see why I didn't Because work I was out. a natural at it. <laughs> Yeah, and so I, I was doing radio, and I was tweeting, and I had gotten this really great following because Seth McFarland started following me on Twitter and retweeting me and giving me follow Fridays and really? this and that. And so he followed me because I'm I'm friends, you know, uh, with Goalie, who who was writing for Family Guy, okay, and uh, he writes for 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 Dads now, and 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 this other guy, Alex Sulkin, uh, was is writing for Family Guy, and so I think they retweeted me. Seth saw it. Seth said, "Oh, it's that's funny. I'll follow him." And he started following me, and then yeah, retweets, follow Fridays. I sent him a couple direct messages saying thank you very much for the for the um for the follow Friday and for all the retweets. And he just wrote back, oh, man, it's really fucking funny sh shit you're writing. That's really awesome. You know, good job or whatever. And so I said, I wrote, oh, thanks so much. Blah, blah, blah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the show. And that was sort of it. And, uh, and then more and more retweets happened. And I go, this is great. And my, my follower count, he started following me at 50,000. I had 50,000. And now I'm up to 157. And all of those, mostly, most of those yeah, are because right, of right. his retweets. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so uh, I'm like, this is great. And so I'm doing radio during the day. And, you know, uh, from, from three to seven, I have this radio show and I'm sort of tweeting during that. And, it, you know, because I got all this free time. Uh, and then one day out of the blue, my manager calls me up and says, hey, I just want to um, actually prior to this, Seth, I guess I had heard rumors that like Seth had asked if I had any material like to. He had asked um, a couple guys on the show if I had any scripts or anything like that. And uh, they said, I don't think so. But you know, well, what's his deal? He just he just writes stuff on Twitter, and this he was sort of fascinated. And so I go, okay, this is this is good. He's talking about me, I guess. Yeah. And he had hosted. Um, he was about to host the Oscars, and um, I had heard that he, my name was sort of um, is bandied about. Is that the right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, sort of like in the mix for for like writing. For, for him for the Oscars. This is sort of like through someone, at, through a second party I'd heard that my name had been brought up. And I said, oh, I'd love to do that. Absolutely. And so I, I formally wrote an email to one of the guys there. And I said, I know, you know, if if you need anyone to write for him, I would love to write for him mm -hmm. for, the, for the Oscars. And I didn't hear anything back and I didn't hear anything about it. Uh, and I said, okay, well, whatever. You know, it, I, Twitter's fun and I enjoy the retweets and that's about probably as far as it'll go. And then my manager called me one day and said, I have some really kind of bizarre news, but really great news. Um, and it is that Seth MacFarlane wants you to, to write for him for the next season of, of, of Family Guy. And I said, what? That would, but you didn't do the Oscars with him. No. And I said, this, what are you talking about? This, make, this makes absolutely, 
kind of no sense. Yeah, what you, this like, is like, I've asked a lot of people like how they've gotten their jobs. I, I've asked a lot of people how they've gotten their jobs. But I think more than anybody, your answer right there is yeah. going to piss off a lot of people. Oh, I'm sure. And, and <laughs> like, I know and, that and I'm fully aware of that. fair no, at all. It, like, absolutely not. And, and you know what? In a lot of ways, it is not fair. It is not fair at all. <laughs> So uh, you weren't even asking for it. I was just sort of like, you know, all of a sudden, in a way, you were asking sudden, for it. Like, but you know, just when Jesus appeared on like my toast, yeah, or so, you know what I mean? So and like, weird. all of a sudden, I've got like, you know, this, this, this. So he call, he literally just kind of asks you to write there. Like, yeah, was he well, still uh, yeah, it was a meeting for a submission. Though? Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, and and so I had a meeting with um, this was in the spring of last year. I had a meeting with um, with the showrunner, and uh, I this meeting and I went in and I said, I said, uh, you know, I'm flattered to be here. I'd love to do this. I just want to warn you, I've never written a script before and I don't understand how storylines work or whatever. And, and he was, again, exactly the thing you want to do the, when you go in for your meeting on these. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I was like, I, I was like, I don't want them. I mean, to, truth is, good. I want to know what they're getting into. Yeah, right, right. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, I want them to know that, you know, there are things I lack that they may require and, for and this it job. it probably didn't make sense to you that they wouldn't know that. Like, you guys do know this. You right? guys, yeah. yeah. I was like, do you guys know this? And I was yeah. also so, the, 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 You're the making prospect a of writing for Family Guy. That's what I was basically saying. <laughs> because, you know, I think a part of it was also like a defense mechanism would be like being so afraid of, of, of quitting my radio job and jumping into something I've never done full time before. Right. So so scared. So I was yeah. sort of like, please just tell me I don't shouldn't be here, and then I'll gladly leave and crush my dreams. Crush before, my dreams, before please, I, before I dream again. Exactly. Uh, and he said, if you can, you can, you if, if you can write jokes, you can always teach storyline. You can teach like the structure, but you can't teach someone to be funny or write jokes. And also, this is Family Guy. Right. It's jokes every two lines. You know, there's like four jokes on a page. Um, and so he said, I think you'd be, I think you'd be fine. And I said, wow. Okay. And I thought it over for a few days and I talked to my wife about it and she was just like gung ho. She's like, you gotta do this. This is, yeah, sure. Of course. This you is thought about you, it. Here we is, go again. You're I, pissing off a lot of writers. I know. <laughs> I know. A lot of people who want to do this stuff. I know. Like, oh, I, Mr. I go home it, and think it, about it whether or not I'll take Seth's offer to hire me. And, and to all the writers out there who are like, <laughs> oh, fuck this guy. I, I was purely out of fear in self-preservation that the reason that I was like really timid about this. Cause but I, also I don't, cause I did feel a little bit of guilt too. I was like, this is like sort of easy street. Like I, I just, all of a sudden this just falls out of the sky, this awesome job. But, but, uh, but, but this is, this is pretty common with these stories. Is yeah. That it goes, it goes back. You wouldn't be in that position if you didn't prepare yourself for the Twitter thing and then, right. And then do it in a way that was, you know, yeah. and then try to get better at it and yeah. get better at it and know that this is, you yeah. know, this is a thing that, I, I want to get noticed for. I want right. to be good at this. So you right. practiced. I mean, yeah, I worked did, really you, hard. I mean, I put a ton yeah. of, yeah, my relationship yeah. suffered a lot of days. And yeah, yes, I, mean, I really loved it. I loved writing jokes. And, and then, then I submitted like jokes, whatever I had. They were just like submit. But you didn't submit like a script. No. And I asked them and I said, I'll gladly take two weeks and, and write a script. And they go, wow. don't do that. We don't do worry nothing about nothing but. That's so interesting us. that that like that is not what they're looking for there. Yeah, they're like we don't we don't want that. You'll it's not only, surprising, but you'll it's only not like you'll only it'll only hurt you. It won't help you. I kind of like it more. And now that I'm there and I see how it works, yeah. and how picky they are with yeah. everything, how it, everything is like a, it's you know it's like it's learning the voice of like when you're at Daily Show when you started. I remember it was a podcast you were saying. Did you say like it, you had to learn the voice of the show? Or something like that. Was that you talking? Well, about I that? mean, yeah. No matter where, maybe you go, that was, you have to do that. But. Yeah. So I, it was that's so I understood that. After, now, right like, at the time, I was like, "Well, this is crazy." I'm just submitting jokes. I've written tweets, but jokes, I just love I love the fact jokes. that they that that they kind of embrace what the show is. Which yeah. Is like, hey, listen, we there is a story in here, but there's yeah. also like twenty completely non sequitur jokes, right? Sort of thing. right, and. We need to write those and come up with those. Right. And, and like, here, we're going to write, like, if the thing's 22 minutes, we're going to write an 11-minute story. Yeah. And then we're going to go back through it and find all the places where they can say, remember when you did that, Exactly. Peter? Cutaways, you know, yeah. flash forwards. Yeah, Is exactly. That, describe to me yeah. a little bit of how that process goes down. I mean, it, it, that doesn't seem like a bad way to do it, to be honest with you. It's how they Just, do I mean, that's not how they do it, but it's it, what they'll do is uh, a writer will go off on outline for a couple of days. Uh, the scripts are... Ideas for scripts are pitched, 
um, by all the writers together. And the EPs will, the showrunner runners will call down the ones that they like. And there's a lot of writers. So, you know, so they'll sort of assign scripts to each writer and that writer will go off for two days, write an outline of a, of a, um, of a show, come back with the outline. We'll do what's called a gag pass, which is we, we get put in a room with that writer who's writing the script and a writer's assistant and like five or six guys will just be in the room saying, okay, for this first scene here, what if Peter said this? What if Lois said this? I'd be funny if Chris took out a vacuum and did that or whatever it is, you know, just sort of brainstorming. And so the writer goes off for two weeks. And are you also at that point brainstorming all the little, the the little flashbacks and stuff and the the, cutaways, the the cutaways, no, the cutaways are all on the writer to come up with, but but they're in there, but but they're like the worst time that when you write a script, you, you write in the cutaways. Yeah. Yeah. So the, so it's not a matter of like, it's not uh, like having to make room for that. Those, no, those no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, right. You write it. Yeah, you 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 put them in. You write them in, and uh, the writer goes off for two weeks, comes back with you know, goes off with with all those notes from the gag pass. Yeah, sure. And so the writer sort of just chooses what jokes he likes and how if it fits you know what joke fits into the storyline and this and that and spends two weeks doing that and then we get a writer's draft of of um, an episode, and then that pretty much like gets almost always completely rewritten. I mean, it's very, if you, if you, if I think if like, if you have like 20% of your original draft in a script, you're like a comedic genius. Well, the original, the original, like the original draft or the second draft after the read, the, the original draft of the writer's draft yeah, gets right. completely sure. Yeah. Rewritten mostly. Well, that's just a first draft for the most part. Yeah, exactly. But th- then you go in, you have the joke meeting. He takes the jokes, rewrites it himself. And then when he comes back with that, yep. at least that's a little more solid. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So what but then it, you've got the animation process. So it's like yeah. everything slowed down a lot. Right? It is. And the episodes are like about nine months in advance. You know, we write them about nine months in advance and, um, and I'm still sort of learning this whole process cause I'm super new, but so um, you can't really, you have to eliminate really topical jokes for the most sometimes part. yeah yeah i mean yeah. that you can do you can you i really suppose you could to, do that like but almost had, as like okay tell this good topical joke as if somebody's telling it nine months from now. right like we had does a, that happen the other day we had like someone mentioned uh uh said rob ford you know as a punchline yeah it'd right. be really funny to have rob ford in there and then someone had to say well nine months from now is rob ford gonna be the complete disaster that he is right now i mean you know what i mean like we don't know like what he's going to turn yeah, into. What's going like to happen? Is he going to die? We don't know what's going oh, yeah, to happen. Right, so yeah. there's that challenge yeah, yeah. of like with Rob Ford, just you have to keep trampling that in on his grave, yeah. you know, <laughs> fat dead guy, you know. Yeah, um, but then I could see the dog like trampling on Rob Ford's grave. I mean, you may as well write that up. And yeah, that's just true. Ha- have it in the yeah. bag in case like he does his territory. Yeah, you have yeah. your yeah. <laughs> just pisses on his this grave and then mine. dances on it and it splashes around. Yeah. That's a dancing, dancing, singing in the rain thing after that. There you go. Um, and so we, there is the, you have to be cautious about that, but it's, um, it's a long process and, and, you know, every day you go in and, and it's sort of like you, there's three rooms. There's the big room with the showrunners and, uh, you, you go in there in the morning and then they break you off into groups into, into separate rooms. So there's the big room operating during the day. And then there's two other rooms usually working on a cutaway or, you know, like they call it like blue skying for a new episode, which is just sort of like throwing out ideas for blue sky. Oh, out yeah. of the blue sky. Yeah. So just like throwing out ideas for a fun, right. You know, narrative throughout an episode. And yeah. so you're just compiling all this stuff, giving yeah. it back to them. They give it back to them. And they then choose you go it. in and meet again. And then they kind of, yes. Like, is, is there much, is, is it sort of random who goes into what, like, a, do you have yeah. a certain strength? Um, I, my story strength, like we're doing a lot. Of, I was in a room today where it was like story and I'm just very quiet in those rooms. Cause I don't understand what, how a story works really. Like, I don't understand the, the, the do's and don'ts of like, we need to, we can't have Brian do this because he doesn't, why would he want to do that? And I'm like, Oh yeah. right. He has a want, like, what's the want? So yeah, I was learning right. that, um, cutaways. I love just like maybe just, you know, act blows, which are like the end of act one. We need like an act blow, which is like a big you know, joke line. I really enjoy that. That's more mm-hmm. like Twitter to me, which is fun. But the, yeah, I re- the cutaways are great because it's like, you know, never had more fun than that time that I, and then you just sort of sit in a room with six of the people and go, I don't know, you know. Yeah, right. Went to Mexico and did peyote, you know, right. whatever. And then we just sort of. Uh, but then you have to think about like, went to Mexico and did peyote, but then the punchline is actually 
the visual aspect of that. So you have to come yes. up with those as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's difficult. Oh, and then he goes off and we show him on peyote and his eyes get big yeah. and he sees a pinata, but it's it, yeah. he sees a dog that he thinks is pinata and is trying to chase it Beats around. Beats the shit him. out of it yeah, with yeah. a bat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And, and on that show, actually, he would just bloody beat oh, the yeah. dog. It'd yeah. be like a yeah bludgeoning for like See, I'm restricting seconds. myself. On yeah, that. right. Yeah, you gotta yeah. go bigger. Yeah, yeah, you gotta go big on this Um, show. And so that's sort of it. And, and I'm definitely... You know, my first week was I was very I was very like pitching like twittery jokes, and yeah. I was like, "Why aren't these getting in?" Like this is you like, kept saying hashtag by accident. <laughs> hashtag. It's like just oh god, all right. I'd, like, I'd refer to people uh, with like at you know, so I'd be like, yeah. so, at yeah, that, that happened. So now I'm I'm I've gotten a few things in, in a few scripts, which is really good, and uh, which I'm very happy about. But um, there are some days when I just I leave going. I am the most unfunny person on the planet. Yeah, well, I that's so welcome to the terrible. world of comedy writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's uh, uh, that's just a thing that happens, yeah. and you just you realize that that's why there are more people on staff than you. Right, right. You know, because yeah, when point. you don't, when you're not, when you can't show up, the other people do. Yeah, and a lot and, of times when 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 you sense yourself showing up, it's because other people aren't. Yeah, and like and and you're pulling your weight. So yeah. That's the way it is. Listen, Damien, it's great to meet you. Definitely great same to talk here. to you. Uh, I'm glad to have you as a guest on the uh, writer's block. And uh, oh, we should do our drum off. Oh, yeah. The mic's down. All right. How All are right. we going to do this? I don't know. I just put the mics down. Right, I'm going to like, tilt the mic. Yeah, maybe just like. Oh, on the like, side yeah. here? Yeah, so now you can't hear me so well. And then we're like, you can go right on the. Right on the. All right, so what are we. What are we. Yeah. All right, so I guess you get a few beats. Yeah, like I, I do my soul and then you go right in. Yeah, right. You're just like paradiddling over there. Am I? Oh, oh my God, you, so awful. Whoa, that's like tabla stuff. What is that? <laughs> go. That's not fair. Oh my God. Your turn, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Damien Fahey, everybody. Uh, say good night, Damien. Good night, everybody. No, say good night, Damien. Good night, Damien. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>